Welcome to Identity Church Sunday Morning Message, where sonship is revealed. Stay tuned at the end of this message to receive more information about resources available through Identity Church. Now grab your Bible, sit back, and enjoy a message from Identity Church that is already in progress. Hallelujah. Well, you know, it's an interesting day. This has been an interesting 11-11. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah. You guys been seeing 11-11 a lot? Or 1-1-1-1? We may talk about that in a little bit. I really pressed into the Lord the last couple of days for a message to for you. And he was silent. Sometimes he's that way. And uh, this morning I expected, well, maybe he'll wake up at 4 o'clock in the morning, you know, and have to get up and, no, slept through the night peaceably. We're on vacation from western New York, staying with my sister over here in Okoy. Uh, but we're home. I'm from Florida. I was, I was raised, born and raised in Orlando. Uh, been preached in this building many times. Uh, pastored in Daytona for years. I, I was, some, some faces I've seen and known for, for many years and some new faces. And uh, it's an interesting thing that I'm back here for the first time in about seven years today. It, it is. How many, how many of you know Don Kerr? I know, I know quite a few of you do, okay? Well, we've, I've maintained a relationship with Don Kerr over the year as well. And, as well. and a few days ago, we went up to, to visit Don at his house and just hang out and spend some time with him because we hadn't seen him for a few years. And we literally step inside the threshold of the door and at his home, and his phone rings. And we go on in, and we, we're talking to Cindy and, Don comes and takes me outside with starting to weep a little bit. And he says, our daughter-in-law just passed away. I mean, the moment we walked in the threshold, he gets the phone call. Now, she had passed away in the night, about probably around 3 o'clock in the morning. And he was just getting the phone call. And he said, it's an interesting time that you would walk in the door and I would get the phone call. And he makes this statement. He said, this is not a negative thing. It's a good thing. He says, from suffering to glory. From suffering to glory. She, she, his daughter-in-law had suffered for years with illness and she had transcended from suffering to glory. Now thank God Jack hasn't, Papa Jack didn't suffer for a long length of time like this young lady had done. But you know what? He's moved from suffering to glory. And we've been in a season. I, I, I have a message that I put together about a month ago. I, I did a 28-day fast. And with just the times and the season, the condition of the nation, the condition of the world, you know, it's like sometimes you really just got to press in and say, Papa, I need to understand the times. And I'm, I'm a times and seasons prophet. I'm a balanced prophet. You know, you got to kind of learn. If you read the Bible and you look at the different prophetic gifts from Ezekiel, I mean, from beginning to end, everyone had a different flavor and really a different call, but one purpose was all directing us to Jesus. But it came through different measures in different ways. You know, whether it was judgment, and uh, uh, but judgment was always meant to bring back to when we would get, get sideways. And so I... 
I pressed into this fast, and I, I don't. I can tell you that the first week of the fast was the most revelatory time I've ever had in 25 years of walking with the Lord. And I started this fast with this question, Lord: What time is it? I need to know, Lord, biblically, where we are in time. I need to understand, Lord. And the Lord began to, to, to just walk me through and pour out and pour out in that first week. By the, by the end of the first week, I, I really came out of that first week convinced that I, I have some understanding, a, a greater understanding of the word, of the, book, of the book of Revelation and Daniel and so on and so forth, the end time prophecies. And I believe I understand where we are in time. And so I'll make this statement and then kind of move past this for a few minutes. I'll make this statement is he's not coming back tomorrow. Okay, we're not there yet. Armageddon's not, you know, we're not, we're, we're not there yet. Okay, are we in moving into something? Yes, we have entered into what I believe is called the, out of Matthew chapter 24, the beginning of sorrows and woes. Okay, and if you, if you press into that, you'll, you'll, you'll come to the same conclusion that I've come to. However, you know, I just... There's like 25 different directions to go from here. And I'm, I'm torn between a couple of different things. So if you guys will just give me a little grace for a moment, we'll, I'll settle. But uh, I'm also very comfortable with jumping around a little here and a little there and just allowing the Lord to, the Lord to speak. Because to be honest with you, I was a drunk and a drug addict, an adulterer and a murderer. And I'm nothing without Jesus. And so when we... When we look at the wall and we say he's worthy of it all. Sometimes I wonder where the church is at today because I believe we've, a lot of it's forgotten this statement. I'm so honored, Stephanie. I'm so honored by the worship today. I, I, I made this statement in our church. We, 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 I we have a small little, almost one room kind of wood shack up in the mountains. In, in western New York that uh, the, the pastor there is a close friend. We're an apostolic prophetic team. He's an apostle. But I went to him a few weeks ago and I said, you know what? I'm just going to be, be I'm going I'm to be me. I said, worship sucks. And it has for a while. And I said, I mean, he looked at me and I said, well, I'm going to tell you what it's all about. I said, everybody's, you know, not, I'm not knocking anything here. Just want to make a, 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 a kind of a blanket statement that the church has moved into the, you know, the fog machines and the thises and the thats, and all the songs are about me, me, me. And it's not worship. It's not worship if it's not directed to Him. And everything you did this morning, every word, every song, everything that came out of your inside was directed. It was vertical. And it brought us vertical. Even in, amidst, in, a, in a moment of, of heartache and grief and suffering, we can set our eyes upon Jesus, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, who is worthy of it all. The church has lost its focus and we're, we have become me-focused. I was sitting in the bed uh, yesterday morning, just kind of streaming, flipping through my phone, and I saw a It's Supernatural Thing. So I decided to just, I just kind of got the unction to pause on it. I mean, to hit on it, click on it. And it was this guy talking about the baptism of fire. And I was, I was just listening to it. And at the end, there was an impartation. And I'm like, 
Lord, I, I know I've had some impartation in this area and I've released it over the years in this area, but there's always more. There's always more. And God, I'll, I'll take all the more you want to give me. So, Lord, I, I position myself to receive. They're just sitting in the bed. And he started to pray and the Lord spoke to me and he said, the charismatic church has lost its ability to receive by faith. If it doesn't come with ooey-gooey's and tingles, they don't believe that I'm on it. They have lost its ability to just receive by faith. They, you read my word, but if it doesn't tweak something, then it's not for you. But it is. From cover to cover, it's for you. When the Bible says these signs shall follow those that believe, that's not for me and not you. It's for us. The kingdom. This is a kingdom house. So, the, you know, I may make some statements that you will go, well, you know what, duh, we get, we get that. That's it, please, so give me grace. I just, I just want to sh share what's on my heart. Is that okay? Because things are changing, and they're changing rapidly. We're in a... Every prophet in the nation, every prophet globally is talking about birth pains. Well, you know, we're in the birth canal. But let me tell you what, we're, we're not waiting to be birthed. We're crowning. Okay, we're not waiting for revival. It's here. When are we going to act? We're not waiting. We're 11, 11. I'll back up to that for just a moment. I, five years, 11, 11, everywhere I go, five years. And there are four prevalent scriptures that jump out at, on 11, 11. But the one for me was Hebrews 11, 11. It says this, God gave Sarah strength to birth. When she birthed, she birthed the miraculous. Her womb was dried up. She couldn't conceive. So God gave her strength to birth. So 11.11 means this. God gave us strength to birth the miraculous. There is power to birth the miraculous available to us now. We've been crying out for God. Where is the power? Where is the power? Where is the power, God? And it's not been because we haven't been doing it right. We tend to say, God, what am I doing wrong? Why am I not seeing the power of the Bible? And yet we, we see it here and we see it there. But why isn't it happening in the streets when we go out and we prophesy in the parking lots at Walmart? I'll be honest with you. It wasn't time. It wasn't time. God does everything in time. And we're moved in. We've crossed the threshold into the time, into the season. People are calling it era. I'm going to call it an age because that's what God said to me. <coughs> Excuse me. In 2009, I left and went to China for a couple of years. We planted churches. And at the, at the beginning of 2011, the Chinese government found out what we were doing and evicted us. Rapidly. I'm on the phone with Charlie from China and I said, I said, I said, I said, Charlie, please pray. We're getting thrown out of China, blah, blah, blah. And while we're talking, the Lord speaks to me and he says, tell Charlie that when you get back, you want to go with him to New York. And that's that, you know, that's the last thing I want to do is go to New York. My experience with New York was Long Island and the city, and I wanted no part of it. That was when I was a young boy, and as an old man, I just still didn't want any part of it. I didn't know how beautiful. The rest of New York is how, and how different it is. But the Lord said, go. So I, I, I'm back at the end of March of 2011. 
In April of 2011, I'm in New York, in Western New York with Charlie. We're up there for, I think, 10 days or something like that, moving around preaching here and there. While I'm there, the Lord speaks to me. He says, uh, it was a second trip, but he, he speaks to me to come back and do a 40-day fasting and prayer. I go back to do that. While I'm in that, in that time, the Lord says to me while I'm sitting on the pastor's front porch, which overlooking the beautiful mountains, just sitting there in the glory one morning, and the Lord says, you're... Your home is over that hill. I'm like, uh-uh, you tell, you tell the wife because she'll never move back to, you know, she, no. I've been there 10 years. In October, be 10 years. October, in, 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 there in April, on that trip, the Lord speaks to me, and Charlie can verify this. The Lord speaks to me, and He says, the church age is over and the kingdom is at hand. The church age is over and the kingdom is at hand. I'm like, wow. So I began to share that. Wasn't too many people sharing it back then. So we move in transition. How many people know that God really kind of still runs with the Hebraic calendar? So September comes. I'm for October 1st, we step into with all of our stuff into, into Western New York. We're there. And the Lord really begins to put on my heart that the church age is over and the kingdom age is at hand. So I begin to, everywhere I travel to minister and preach, I'm preaching that same basic message. Well, here we are, nine years later. Okay, Nine years later, September of 2020, we all know what 2020 was like. Amen? Nine years, nine months. How about birthing the kingdom, the body of Christ going through this transition? I'm here to tell you today that God is raising up a company of, a company of prophetic people that are going to be called the friends of God. There's going to be a, a, a special anointing, like John the Baptist. John the Baptist was the friend of God. He went before him to declare his coming and to declare his, his return. There is a, 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 a group of people that God is raising up to do the same thing today because the time is short, the time is near. Is it going to be in my lifetime? Well, I'm 62. Uh, it's close. It's close. May, maybe, I, I, I think it's going to be just a little past. My personal opinion. But it's soon. You guys' lifetime? Surely. I believe that. The Bible says, well, you won't know the day or the hour, so we tend to just back off from kind of prophetic statements like that because, you know what, I don't want to make a statement and then be called a false prophet later. Right? I don't want to miss it, but you know what? So many prophets have got so scared of missing it and being stoned that they just shut up and don't ever speak, really speak the real true word of God. And I'm just unfortunately stupid enough to not be one of those. I, I just say what I feel like the Lord says. You know, and I, I don't really, I came from the outlaw motorcycle club background and I just don't really have much fear of man. I mean, if you want to kill me, like I said, suffering to glory, you know. And you know what? I've been murdered by the church so many times and by Charlie that, I mean, he's the best murderer I know. You know, the greatest, the great, the great, the, you know, you know what? He's worthy. He's worthy. Deuteronomy chapter nine, I think it's verse like four through six, it, the Lord speaking to Moses about moving into the promised land. And he makes this statement 
several times in these couple verses. He says, it's not because of your righteousness, because of your goodness, but because of the iniquity of the Amorites. You see, remember when God spoke to Abraham, he said, I'm going to send your seed into captivity for 400 years. Why? Because the iniquity of the Amorites has not yet reached its fulfillment. Romans chapter 11 says this, Consider the goodness and the severity of God. See, we got so many prophetic people, prophetic voices out there that does like God doesn't judge, God doesn't do this, God doesn't do that. It's all, if it's not all ooey-gooey and, and all that, then you know it ain't God. Well, that's simply not true. God hasn't changed. Yes, His judgment is redemptive. It's for a purpose, just like it was in the Old Testament. They spent 70 years in captivity, but what happened in captivity? They came out blessed because all things work together for your good. Even in the tight place, even in the birth canal, when we've been being squeezed like we've been squeezed this past season, this past nine years, I don't care how you look at it, it's gotten tighter and tighter and tighter and tighter, but I'm here to tell you that it's, we're crowning. There are revivals beginning to break out across the globe. There's revivals here in Florida. There's revivals here in, in, in California. New York's still dead, but we're, we're, we're working on it. We're working on it. There are a few of us that are pressing and pushing and, and just, you know what? It's like, God, I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to move. I'm not going to go. I could sell my building and make a quarter million dollars and walk away, but I'm not. That's not what God said do. He said, I sent you here to be, I prepared you for such a time as this to be positioned here for a specific reason because it's time. It's your time. It's my time. You know what? I, I pray to God this doesn't sound wrong when I say it. But it was time for Jack to go home. Why? Because the Lord told me during worship that you couldn't stand up and be who He called you to be until that lid came off. Jack had put into you, to the sons, into you guys. He had put. I'm a grandson. I've been a Papa Jack grandson for 10 years. We actually kind of birthed the father-grandson paradigm. We did. Me, Charlie, and Jack. I really became the first grandson. And, I, and, and, and yeah, and I mean, and I did. I put a demand on it. We went to his house, man. Me and Charlie laying. <laughs> I'll never forget this. One of the greatest times in my walk. We're at, the, we're at the condo. Charlie's on one side. Jack's on the couch. I'm on the other side over here. We're like part in the room. And the Lord speaks to me and, he's, and he says, go lay your head in Jack's lap. And I'm like, I'm not doing that. I, 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 that's, that's Papa Jack. I, I mean, I, and, and in a split second after I said, I'm not doing that, Charlie gets up and he runs over and he lays his head in Jack's lap. So I jump right up. I'm like, no, dude, you ain't leaving me out. <laughs> so he, his, legs on, his head's on one knee, my leg's on the other knee, and Jack's got hands and rocked my world. Never the same. Never the same in Jesus' name. But you see, that's the... The point of being sons is to become fathers. Some years ago when I was pastoring in Daytona, I got invited to speak at an apostolic conference in Georgia. And uh, I thought, why me? I'm, a pro I'm not an apostle. Well, I, there's more apostolic in me than I knew back then. But I, I, that was my thought. Why me? 
And so, but I, but I accepted because Ron DePriest was a friend and we went up there and four or five speakers go and they're all, you remember when the apostolic was, everybody was in their suits and their haircuts the same and all their sons dressed and looked like them and they even walked and talked like them, you know, when they're, these are my sons in a trail of them, you know, behind me that look like me and talk like me. Thank God that got over with. I resisted that movement. Comes my turn to talk and the Lord still hasn't, it's like this guy's winding down and I know I'm next. Big old stage and big old conference. You know, guys all over the place with their sons. Lord speaks to me, says, uh, this is what I want you to say. He said, yeah, tell them they can't be fathers till they've become sons. I'm like, oh, thank you, Jesus. I love that message. They're going to they're gonna stone me right out of this stinking place. They are going to, oh, Lord, you just give me the easiest things to do. I, I love it, Lord. I mean, that just, that, that's glory. I get to stand up here and tell all these apostles they're full of stuff. They don't know what they're talking about. That's basically what it was. So I get introduced and he calls me up to this big stage. I'm like, no, I'll just stand right down here in front. He was like three foot tall up here, you know, and I walked around. He's like really trying to get me to come up to the pulpit. I'm like, no, I, this is only going to take a minute. I stood right about here, down there, and I just looked at him and I said, I, I only have one thing to say. I said, God told me to tell all you self-proclaimed fathers that you can't be fathers till you've first been a son. Handed the mic back, sat down. Woo, boy, I'm telling you what, the atmosphere shifted in that place, and it was all darts towards me. I'm like, and you know, there's two more speakers, and I can't really just go get on my motorcycle and ride out. I got to kind of ride out the storm that God just created, on, or I created on His behalf. It stirred such a mess that the leader of the thing followed me back to Florida and took me to lunch and had one of his generals with him that uh, and they proceeded to spank me you know and uh, I'm like dude I wondered why you asked a prophet to an apostles conference <laughs> you got what the Lord said you know you know wasn't fun for me either but it was what it was and you know God in his goodness about four months later had this little property out in Leon Springs that had a a patch in it where I built my shop where there you could walk between these two trees in heaven. It was an open heaven in this in this back part of this lot. And I mean, the angels congregated there on a daily basis. I mean, they just they were always there. There was always an angelic host there. And so I would go back there. Jesus actually showed up to me there. I was sitting in that chair one night. I'm kind of jumping around. I was sitting in that chair where you are one night. Hank Yance was preaching in this building at that time. Charlie was letting him use it. He came over and laid hands on me and and uh, took me to heaven. And then his wife said this, made this statement. He says, God's here to ask, if, says, ask of me what you will, and I'll give it to you. Well, I just read about Abraham being blessed to be a blessing, so I thought, well, that's, that's the thing I should ask for. So I'm blessed to be a blessing. I go there the next day, and Jesus shows up, and I mean, dude, I hit the ground, shaking like a leaf in the dirt. So I'm saying, we're telling you that because it was a real anointed place. Well, I'm back there and I get a phone call from this apostle. And he says this, he says, you know what, you know what God just told me? He said, uh, 
And I, I mean, all of a sudden, these red lights start going off and go ding, ding, ding. This is a test. Ding, ding, ding. Don't fail it. Ding, ding. <laughs> he says, he says, God just, God just told me that you can't be a father without first being a son. Well, Randy, being young and dumb as I was at the time, I said, isn't that what I said to you? You tracked me all the way back. And then I'm like, God's going, son. <laughs> I, had, I had, you know, I had a good teacher. <laughs> Believe me, I didn't need Charlie to teach me any of that stuff. This life in Christ is a process. Sometimes it's a slow, painful process. But if we'll stand in the midst, the Bible says that if you'll, if you'll wait on the Lord in due season, in other words, in your season, in His time, He will raise you up. Also says, humble yourself under the mighty hand of the Lord. It's a process. We have forgotten in the charismatic church how to deal with the pain of the process. Jesus said to the thief, this day you'll be with me in paradise. This day Papa Jack is in paradise. From suffering to glory. I'm telling you that we're moving into a place the body is coming into an encounter, like Matthew chapter 17 talks about, the Mount of Transfiguration. Where Moses, Elijah, and Jesus. What's it, what, what does it represent? It's, it's the beginning, the middle, and the end. It's the culmination of all things. Why are all the prophetic voices? Some are talking about Esther and it's accurate. Some are talking about Daniel and it's accurate. Some are talking about Elijah and it's accurate. Some are talking about Jeremiah and it's accurate. Some are talking about Jesus and it's accurate. They're all accurate. Why? Because it's all coming to fruition now. We are stepping into the fullness of all that was prepared for us. All that was set, us, set, that was set up from the beginning of time to now. I'm telling you that we are being transformed through this birth canal experience to carry the glory. And shakalabo, the fire of God is beginning. I knew yesterday when I said yes, Lord, to that, I didn't feel anything. And the Lord said, the body of Christ has forgotten how to receive my faith. I said, I haven't, Lord. And I'm, the fire of God is it's just starting to, it's, come, ooh, it's getting all over me. I told Charlie, I said, I don't have a word for today, but what I do know is that God's going to show up and something miraculous is going to happen today. See, he's, he's, he, he, said, he said, well, how about my shoulder getting healed? I said, why not? Amen. Why not? Wait, 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 is that too big for God? It's not too big for Him. Is it too big for you to think, to dream, to believe that what He said is true? Oh, let me ask you, who's got faith enough to just go lay hands on him and do it without feeling the ooey-gooey's? Because God said, you shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. You shall raise the dead, you shall cast out devils, you shall speak in new tongues. What about those verses? We learned them all. But you know what? We did it, we did it, we did it, and it didn't happen. So we quit. We quit. I'm guilty. I'm talking to me. I quit. 
I'm not saying anything to you that I'm not walking through. I've walked through five years of hell this past five years. Because I was stupid. And I backed up from God. Got angry with God. And then I realized it wasn't God, it was me. You know, you can't... You, you, let me ask you a question. I know I'm all over the place, but God's doing something here. Let me ask you a question. How many of you got something in your life that you've had known was in your life for the moment you got saved and He hasn't set you free from it, but you've been screaming for freedom from it from the whole time, from that day you got saved? Yeah, I know. I did too for 20 years. Couldn't understand God. Why? 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 Why won't you deliver me from this? Why won't you set me free from this? It was sexual issues. For the most part, never acted on this stuff. It was just there. And you know it's there. You're, you're, you, you love Jesus, so you don't want to let Him down. So you don't fail, but you wonder. Why, why God? There's a lot of people asking, why God? But let me tell you something. Maybe He left it in you because he, He's after something greater. Maybe he left it in you so that your failure can bring, to somebody, else, bring somebody else to success. Maybe he left it in you so that whenever he deals with you, you can bring a region. He's sovereign, right? And all things work together for our good. So if it's for our good... Do we believe that? I'm telling you, it seems like a lot of what I'm saying right now is, I'm, I mean, I'm just trying to catch up to myself here, is that we've kind of quit believing. We've kind of quit operating by faith. And we've got to go back to the beginning. See, he's the God that told the end from the beginning. And there's another verse that says he, he told the beginning from the end. See, he went to the end, he saw it all, and then went back and... You know, there's scrolls written about your life. And they're greater than what you think. Do you know that you're called to greatness? Because you're sons and daughters of the king. The only thing limiting you is this. We're all hungry for revival. Everybody's screaming, revival, revival, billion soul harvest. You know, the Bible says, all creation groans and yearns for the revealing of the sons of God, not for revival. Revival will be the fruit of the revealing of the sons. You're called to greatness. You know what greatness is in God's eyes? Yes. I'm telling you, what's that? Mary. Angel comes to Mary. Let it be unto me, Lord, as you have said. I don't understand a bit of it. I'm sure she didn't. I don't understand none of this, God. I don't know how you can do this. I haven't been with a man. 
It doesn't reconcile. I can't reconcile this in my mind. But if you say it, God, it must be true. Let it be unto me, Lord. You see, the charismatic church, we've, we, 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 we've become fat and lazy. We've become self-sufficient. We're survivors. We survived the last five years. I made it through this. What do we have that he didn't give us? Look, I, 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 you know, I didn't pick this. I, I mean, I'd rather come in here and pump you guys all up and blow you all up and just told you how great and glorious you are. And you are all that. You're all that in a bag of chips. <laughs> if you hear what I believe the Spirit of the Lord is trying to say, you can hear the, you can hear the aspects, the severity aspect of it, is that we've fallen short, but it doesn't matter. It's not about us. It's not about us. Never was. We've moved into a season and time where God's going to move despite what we do. It's beyond, it's beyond our control now. Never really was in our control. But we thought it was. We thought if we prayed enough, we thought if we fasted enough, we thought if we did this right, we thought if we did that right, we would earn some kind of honor that God would hear us and, and do what we're begging Him to do. Instead of just resting in His righteousness, because no matter what we do, that's all there is. And no matter how well you prophesy, it means, doesn't mean a thing. It will pass away. It will mean nothing one day. But we being broken sons, fatherless sons, constantly striving to find a place to fit in, to earn our, earn our credentials, to earn our place. When He said it's finished, He earned it for us. Yet we've spent... How many years you've been walking with God? How many years you've been striving? How many years you've been walking with God? You can pretty much add up. That's how long you've been striving. We're coming to the end of ourselves. Seriously, we're coming to the end of ourselves. We're moving above the snake line. Whether you know it or... Charlie said, he spit, said this the other day. We are moving above the snake line. Where the enemy can't touch us anymore. See, the greatest thing, the greatest form of warfare in the kingdom is simply to deny, to deny the enemy the battle. Deny the enemy the battle. I refuse to believe anything about me that you have not said, Lord. Because I am who you say I am. And I can do what you say I can do. We're starting to get it. We're slowly, but we're getting it. But I'm telling you what, as the pressure this year, I'm telling you it's going to get darker before it gets lighter. I'm telling you that things in this nation going into the third and fourth quarter are going to get harder. It's going to look much more difficult. But where are we going to put our eyes? He's worthy of it all. Would you come play for, would you? This is not anywhere near what I thought I was going to do. 
And after this, you may not want me to come back. But I'm all right with that, I guess, if I've done what he asked me to do. Considering Romans 11, the goodness and the severity, we have to learn to live in his goodness while the severity surrounds us. We've got to come higher. We've got to begin to believe we are who he says we are. We've got to step into that place where no matter what happens, the glory of the Lord rests upon us. From suffering to glory. I'm telling you, church, I'm going to make a bold declaration here in just a moment when the Lord is ready. The glory of the Lord is going to fall on us individually and corporately. Individually to meet the thing in you that He's wanting to finish up so that He can spit you on out that birth canal birthed into your destiny, into the fullness. We're not going to have to go climb some more ladders rung by rung, laboring. He's going to spit you out into your destiny. You're going to begin to walk in the fullness of your calling. If that's helps, then let it be helps. If it's prophecy, let it be prophecy. If it's giving, let it be giving. Whatever it is, let it be what it... What, it's called to be for you. I believe we've moved beyond as a, a, a the, the, the jealousy and the constant desire to try to be like Charlie Coker or Papa Jack Taylor or, you know, some who's who. I believe we're maturing enough to say, you know what, God, there's good. You've, I am good because you say I'm good. And I can do it because you say I can do it. I've got a ninth grade education. As I said, I was a drunk and a drug addict. I was smoking crack and crying out to God. The God of my grandmother. Boom. Instantly free. Never looked back. 30 days later in the motorcycle ministry. Been in ministry for the whole time since I've been saved. One form or another. Wanted to go to Bible college. God said, said, I can let you do that, but it'll take me 10 years to get off you what they put on you in three. He said, so when it's time, I'll, I'll do that. I'll ordain you. Well, now I've got two ordinations. It means nothing. Just God's way of saying, I love you, son. You wanted it, so I'll, I didn't need it. I didn't need it to do what it did. You don't need it. Just need him. Today, wow, this is different than anything I've ever done before. None of the message, I mean, none of this. I've never done this before either. I was walking up to the church, let my wife and son out at the door because of the rain and parked and was walking up and What's your name, brother? Jay? Jay says to me, he said, I was watching you walk up. He said, you walk with the strength of Samson, right? Something like that? Close? 
Now, what'd you say about Moses? What? The heart of Moses. It's true. That heart of Moses thing. Because I'll fight for those that most people wouldn't fight for. He will too. Yes, I was going to the beach and stopped at a truck stop to get gas and the Lord said, buy that. It's got an eagle on it. It's like, what do I, what do I, okay God, it's kind of cool, but what's this about? Didn't know, just threw it in the back of the car. When you said that about Moses, the Lord had already told me that he was going to do something miraculous today. You know, maybe the freedom that you've been looking for seems like the Red Sea standing between it. You and freedom. Maybe it's been so long you've been crying out for something to be removed or something added to you that you know you've been promised, but that you haven't seen it yet. That great chasm between you and your promise. I believe the Lord's going to part the Red Sea today for you. <laughs> Matter of fact, after that, I know. You know, there's one thing greater than faith. We talked a lot about faith and the church losing its ability to receive by faith. The Bible says without faith, you can't please God. But I'll tell you that there's something greater than faith. And that's called knowing. See, when you walk with God a length of time and you've allowed Him to take you through the fiery furnace, through the birth pains, you learn something about Him. You learn that He's faithful. So you no longer have to act in faith. You just step out and you know. It's like today, my wife says, how do you do this? Go up there with out a message. People are expecting you to Preach this message. How do you do that? I'm like, well, I know. When I leave here, you probably won't remember a word I said, but you will remember the power that you encounter when it's over. And that's what it's all about. See, I don't want to lead you to a prophet or a prophetic person or a prophetic word. I want to lead you to an encounter with Jesus. Because if I haven't led you to an encounter with Jesus, I've done nothing. See, we've forgotten that about the church. The gospel is no longer preached. We preach Jesus' gospel, the gospel of the kingdom, and it's a good thing. But we've forgotten the gospel of Christ, the anointed one. That's here to heal. He was wounded for our transgressions. Bruised for our iniquities. By His stripes were healed. When He hung on that cross and said, It's finished. Everything you have need of was done. And now it's time for us to begin to walk in the fullness. Here it comes. I can see that your heart's already positioned to receive. So just, the Lord's beginning to move. See, I could get up and shake the rod around and command and do all that kind of goofy look stuff. Or I can just stand here with it and say, you know what, God, it's all about you. I can raise this staff or not. It won't mean a thing. 
If it'll make you feel better, part the Red Sea guard. Or you can do what I see most of you doing, just receiving. Ron, is it Ron? Ron, the, the word says this, and I just heard the Lord speak this verse over you. The present suffering is nothing compared to the glory that you're about to know. The glory of the Lord is rising upon you even this hour, this day. God is changing you and rearranging you from the inside out. Beyond your wildest dreams. You don't actually ask God for a lot. So the Lord said, I, he said, sometimes I actually wish he'd ask me for more. Because I'd like to give him more. But you're moving into a time now beyond that season of your life. Where it's just resting on There's a There's a fresh wind of the Spirit blowing on you even this moment. And in this hour, you're being changed. You're being changed. Some paradigms, some ways of thinking are going to go by the wayside. They're just going to pass away. And you may not even be aware of it for a while. Down the road a little bit, you'll go, wow, I just, I think differently. I see things differently. Why? Because it's time. God's honoring you today. Both of you, actually. I see, I see, I see similar things happening to both of you. Charlie's been walking it longer, so he's a little more prepared. Has a little more idea of what's coming. But you're, you're, you're going to raise up many sons. You're going to do Papa Jack proud. You're going to do the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords proud. Never think that there's anything that you're limited. There's no limits upon the anointing and the gifting, the calling that he has for you. There's no limit. In this hour, it's, it's, it's just, there's increase and increase and increase upon you. There's increase upon this house. There's financial increase. Upon you personally. There's healing. In the house. Now. This moment. Now. Yeah, I'm feeling it. I have some need of healing myself. The Lord now is beginning to rebuke the liar on your behalf. That's a good word. What you've been unable to accomplish in the past for whatever reason now is coming upon you because it's time. Without, without even your agreement. Because you're called to do things. To be. It's time you're going to begin to rest in being who he created you to be. If this season is anything, it's about rest. See, the body of Christ is not, the, the Israelites never experienced rest and we haven't. We have strived and worked. But I'm telling you, 
Leif says it great, it, the, the difficult work of rest. It's hard to rest. But we're going to. We're going to rest in His good... Can you sing It's worthy of it all? Can, just, can we just... There's more. He is. He's worthy of it all. And when we put His... When we put our hearts, our minds, our focus on Him, I mean, the anointing is getting deeper. I mean, I'm, it's, I mean, it's just, I know you guys are spiritual people. You can, you're discerning what's happening. I'm just trying to be a, worthy of it all. let's sing this to Him and see what you're He does. Worthy of it all. Come on, church. You're worthy of it all. From you are all things. To you are all things. Serve the glory. Oh, you're worthy of it all. You're worthy of it all. From you are all things. And to you are all things. You deserve glory. He's bringing you full circle. This is a full circle day for me. Lord, I release the fire of God in the house. The fire of God. Lord, that which you have given me freely, I freely give. I release the fire. Even as cloven tongues of fire rested on the day of Pentecost, we're coming to another Pentecost that will be spoken of just like the first. This year, there will be a great transition and a release of fire, a release of the miraculous, a release of signs and wonders all across the earth. As we prepare ourselves this day, to be who you've called us to be. To do what you've called us to do. We just say yes, Lord, to the fire. Bring the fire and bring the rain. Only you, God, could do both at the same time. Bring the fire and bring the rain. Lord, Elijah poured water around the sacrifice and you lapped it up. Bring the fire and the rain, God. Lord, no longer are we going to be satisfied with just enough and eating from the crumbs of the table. We're no longer going to eat from the crumbs, but we're going to pull ourselves up and seat ourselves at the Master's table. 
More. Here comes fire. The fire of God. Fire of God. Do you have something, Ron? Boom. I know. Grab the mic if you need to. I don't want to sound presumptuous today, so I apologize if it comes across that way. <laughs> um, the last message that um, Charlie and I heard Papa Jack preach was about um, a stick. <laughs> and uh, I asked the Lord for your stick because uh, it represents... Uh, knowing when to put it down and pick it up. And God is calling some of us to pick our sticks back up again. And I laid my stick down. That's right. And so when you started talking about the Lord uh, having you buy the stick, I knew it was my stick. And he said, you know when to uh, pick it up and put it down. And I just want to declare publicly and as an act this morning that I'm picking up the stick again. And there Amen. are you, those of you in this room that need to pick up your stick again. Amen. And God, he's the one that works the supernatural. It has nothing to do with me, but it, he works the supernatural. And he wants to demonstrate the supernatural in your life and through your life all the days of your life. And I appreciate and thank you for God bringing you here and putting men in our lives that love us. Yeah. So thank you. Sorry I took your stick. Can't take what's not freely given. Here's the issue with a stick. Notice something about it. It has a compass, so you'll stay in the right path. He needs one. And an eagle. But I prophesied over Nathan, and it's turned into a corporate word. That he's given his hind feet to climb higher on the yeah. mountain. Yeah. And when I was in Branson, I went to the next level. It says, it's above the snake line. Okay, well, Ron and I, last time, Papa Jack preached about the rod, the stick. You know, Moses threw the rod down and turned into a snake and ate the demonic authority. If you don't get above the snake line in your personal life, you won't have the authority to throw your stick down. That's the shift Randy's preaching about. He's getting up high enough on that mountain, getting intimate enough to know the authority of the stick. So when he says, throw it down, okay, it'll do Lord. the miraculous work. Can I borrow that? Can you borrow that? 
money. The Lord spoke to me in that. How many of you have been struggling with intimacy? More of you than are raising your hand. It's been harder to press in than it used to be. The things that you used to do haven't quite worked as well as they used to work. Karen. There's a new thing coming out. I'll get to that in a minute. The spirit of Python has been released across the nation in a, in a much... That was your gift. <laughs> it's time. Is that prophetic? An hourglass. Wow. Wow. I want to deal before we close... I want to I want to deal with this spirit of Python. Felt like the Lord when you started talking about it, threw down the staff, and he ate the snake. I'm gonna share an ex- a quick testimony, a quick story, and then I'm gonna throw this on the ground. Some years ago, I was in Puerto Rico with Hank Yance. Some of you may know Hank from. I hit. My feet hit the ground in Puerto Rico when I got sick, vomiting, sick, 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 sick. We were there for days, to, for three or four days to preach. Sick all day the first day, all night that night, laying in a motel room. And about 11 o'clock the next morning, I just said, you know what, enough is enough. I sat up on the side of the bed, so weak, I could barely sit. And I began to share my own testimony to myself. I began to preach to me about the goodness of God, how He delivered me out of drugs, and how all the things, the miraculous things, how I had stood on the steps of the Supreme Court building, how I had met with senators and communists, the things that I began to share my own testimony to myself. And all of a sudden, bam, I was standing in front of Jesus. Face to face with Jesus. And it was like he invited me in. I literally, I literally, I took a step forward and I stepped inside of Jesus. This is relevant to what we're talking about. I stepped inside of Jesus and I turned back around to look at the enemy. And the enemy was going, where did he go? See, I had moved above the snake line. I moved in Christ. I was untouchable and I was unseen. That was even the shocking part. I was uns- the enemy could not see me. I was invisible to him in Christ. That's what we're talking about. In that moment, the Lord took me then and walked me over and he sat me down in my seat in heaven. I got out of my seat five years ago. About five days ago, I got back in it. The battle we've been battling to get back into our places, a lot of it has been Python. Squeezing the life out of us. Let us go to breathe for just a moment. And then, again, Python has become one of the greatest enemies to the body of Christ in this nation at this time. 
I don't have time to go in the rest of it. But the staff. You know what, brother? Come here. You're going to do this. You stepped back in your place. It's your staff. Deal with Python. Shot! Ooh! There may be a few others that need to do something similar. Be free. Take a minute to do this. Thank you for tuning in to today's message from Identity Church. To know more about us, go to IdentityChurch.net, where you'll find resources such as a calendar, media, and upcoming events. You may also download an app for your mobile device from the Apple App Store or Google Play. Then from your mobile device, you can hear our messages, read from the Bible, take notes, connect with us on the social media, and even pay your tithe. Again, thank you for tuning in to today's message from Identity Church.